Okay, so everyone. The camera is uh, from Torah anytime, which uh, puts many of my shiurim on their platform. I thank them. This week's parsha B'chukotai is the end of Chumash Vayikra. And uh, at the conclusion <coughs> of the Chumash, <coughs> there is a, a long-range prophecy that Moshe Rabbeinu engages in. <coughs> and he... Uh, Paraphrases heaven, so to speak. In Bechukotai Telechu, as Mitzvotai Tishmeru, Valsisemosom. In other words, if you behave yourself, so then there are many blessings that will fall upon you. The blessings are physical. The land will be productive, there will be prosperity. There will be security, all of the things that we wish uh, for our society and our lives. Then there is a longer chapter which says that if you are not loyal to me, uh, then the negative things will happen happen to the society, to the land, to the people, to independence, to individuals, will not be easy for you. So one would think uh, and Moshe will say it later, I have given you a choice between life and death, choose life. So one would think that that would be uh, almost superfluous to say. Certainly we're going to choose life. Certainly we're going to choose blessings. Certainly we want to avoid everything that's written in the negative part of the parsha. However, all of Jewish history tells us that was that is not a given. That's not even accurate. Gemara says in the first temple times, so we're talking from the time after Yoshua Binun. As long as Yoshua was alive, the Jewish people remained loyal. The time of the Shoftim They did not remain loyal. So we're talking about a period of centuries, at least 350 years. So we're not accustomed to think in those terms, especially now. If uh, my computer takes 15 seconds to connect, 
you call up Bezek and complain. So if you can't even wait 15 seconds, how do you expect to see things in the purview of 350 years? It's really every technology, every advance in society is a two-sided coin. There are enormous advantages. We cannot imagine anymore living in a world without computers. But there also is a negative side to it, which expresses itself in many, many facets of our society. One of them is that we're very impatient. We have no longer any long-term view as to what else, as to what is happening. And because of that, therefore, uh, mistakes and mistaken ideas uh, have prominence amongst us. So, Jewish people after Yoshua begin to worship idols. How in the world do they worship idols? How can such a thing be? They, uh, they know from their fathers and grandfathers the story of the Jewish people in the desert, the influence of Moshe Rabbeinu was still felt, Yoshua was, was there, there's prophecy amongst the Jewish people, they're holy people. How do you come to worship idols? And Chazal tell us that in the time of the first temple, and again, if we're talking 350 years at the time of the Shoftim, there's another 410 years at the time of the temple itself. So you're talking here close to 800 years. In 800 years, they never get rid of idolatry. Because that's the zeitgeist, that's the societal view of things, that's the norm. And the, the norm always influences us, no matter what. If you think about it in our own time, ideas that uh, 50 years ago were unthinkable. Today we accept them. We don't necessarily follow them or believe them or encourage them, but we accept them. There's no one that can speak out against it anymore. So uh, the Jewish people as a society become idolatrous. They worship Avodazar. Now we have here a famous story 
connection when they worship Avodah and everything that's in the Tochecha eventually unfolds word for word, event for event. There's no hyperbole in the Torah. There's no exaggeration. And therefore the stark truth of what the Tochecha says occurred to us. And uh, we know in our century uh, what can happen to us. So uh, the Tanakh tells us an interesting story. In the book of Shoftim, in chapter 18 and 19, there's uh, a woman that lives, uh, they, she lives uh, a few kilometers from where the Mishkan is in Shiloh. And she has a son. The son is a wayward son. And he steals money from his mother. After a period of time, he's overcome with remorse. He returns the money to his mother. He confesses. He asks her for forgiveness and he returns the money. She's grateful, as you can imagine. It's not just the money. It's, so to speak, uh, the rebuilding of the family. So what does she do with the money? So she uh, uses the money to create the garments of the Kohen Gadol. <coughs> in a smaller size and she fits her son with those garments and there is something called Pesel Micho there is an Avodasara around without going into great detail the Gemara says that it came the Jews worshipped it in Egypt and that the uh, it went through the, the Red Sea with them, it went through Yamsuf with them, it comes in there to Israel. It's an artifact. It's a museum piece. Except that in an idolatrous society, it has a life of its own. So uh, this uh, man becomes the priest for Pesel Micha, and uh, this person uh, you know, opens shop. They build a nice temple, build a nice building, people bring sacrifices. Any variant of religion will have followers. That's the rule that's been throughout history. No matter how off the chart it may seem, there always are believers. 
therefore religion is uh, it's a good business. And people say, you know, they have visions like this, they that, you know, okay. There's a young man who's looking for a job. At the Nachdelsos. He's looking for work. His name is Yonason Ben Gershom Ben Menashe. Yonason, the son of Gershom, who was the son of Menashe. However, in the Tanakh, the word Menashe is not spelled out. There's a mem, and then the nun is above the line, as though it's not part of the word, and then there's a shin and a hay. So if you read the line straight, it says Ben Moshe. And Chazal say, this is a grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe had a son, the oldest son was Gershon. Gigero Yisi Beretz Nachriya. And Gershon had a son, Yehonah's son, which is one of the names of Moshe also. And he's, this is the character, the person. That's looking for a job. And he passes by this temple of Pesel Micha. That's why the study of Tanakh is so important. Because it's not the story of what was, it's cast light on what is. So here's the Enikel of Meshur right? Strimal and all. And like he sees a sign in the window, help wanted. The temple needs somebody. Executive director. Somebody to take care of it. Somebody to deal with the people that come. And he uh, he needs a job. So he goes in and he gets hired. Moshe Rabbeinu's grandson becomes the executive director for Pesel Michov, But he doesn't believe in it. He knows the whole thing's a crack. And in the Tanakh you see that he mocks it. But it's a job. It's a check at the end of the week. And when the matter is raised to him, listen, you're the grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu. And you're working in this temple. How could that be? So he has a religious... uh, Pious answer. 
Mukublani mibeisami yabo. I have a tradition from Moshe Rabbeinu, from my grandfather. Mutav l'avod avodazorah. It's better somehow to work for avodazorah. We need starech labrios than to beg on the street. They have to come on to human beings. He said, I need a job. I don't want to be a beggar. I don't want to apply for welfare. I want the government to support me. Here I got a job. And my Zeta said, even though that it's associated with Avodasara, it's better than somehow living off of others. So there are so many lessons in this story that it's, it's one of, you know, which uh, is true of everything in Tanakh. It requires hours, days, months of study to really absorb what we're being taught here. But one of the things that we're being taught is that Avodah is so pervasive It's such a part of the society that the grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu has no qualms serving it. And not only he's going to justify it, and he'll justify it on religious grounds, on pious grounds. He doesn't say, uh, you know, uh, well, what else could I do? Or I have to eat. Or whatever. He doesn't say any of that. He says, you know, my, my, my grandfather told me to do this. I have to follow through on it. It's a remarkable, remarkable story. So that shows us, helps explain to us, why the Jewish world and Jewish history looks the way it looks. Because we don't live in a bubble. All rumors to the contrary notwithstanding, we live in the world. The world has ideas. Now the ideas change. One generation's uh, righteousness is the other generation's evil. We're living witness to that. What uh, 50 years ago was criminal, uh, today is not only acceptable, that's it. It's criminal not to believe in it. So when the Rabbanish Olam gave the Jewish people the choice, so the choice is really dependent upon the strength of the Jewish people to resist 
the influences of general society. I did a lecture series this winter, which I highly recommend to you. My grandchildren will appreciate it. uh, On Marxism and uh, the Jewish people, eight lectures on how uh, for 150 years Marxism has influenced the Jewish world. In many instances, it has destroyed the Jewish world. It's more insidious than anything else. And it's still present here. So when we ask ourselves, how could it be that the Jewish people would worship idols? So we can ask ourselves, how could it be that the Jewish people believed in Karl Marx? And we're living witness that they did and that many still do. And there are consequences to this. That is what this parsha is all about. It says, Im If you have a choice, then do what you want. But I'm telling you in advance, so to speak, the Lord says that there are consequences. And if you are unable to resist the general society, you're unable to raise yourself over Pesolicha, and if you justify it, so there are consequences. And the consequences, unfortunately, are very, very negative. Very painful both individually and nationally. And it's a constant struggle. So the struggle is within us as individuals. Who am I? What am I going to do? But it's also a national struggle. What ideas do I have? What ideals do I have? What, so to speak, is the major concern that I want to fulfill. And these are very hard questions. And the Torah does not ignore the fact that the choices are not easy. So uh, this uh, the Ramban says that if a prophet would arise and tell you what's going to be 750 years later, and it turns out to be 100% accurate, you would be impressed, he said. And he said, we have such a prophet that told us that Ramban is writing in the 13th century, 800 years ago. So we can extend it. It's not 750 or 70, it's, it's thousands of years ago. 
and he's telling us our world. What happens? So we should be impressed. But again, because we are always busy with the small things and we have a tendency not to see the large picture. Nobody talks to us about the large picture. They talk to us about details. You know, uh, there's a school of art, the Impressionist school, and then there were pointillists. So if you uh, stand close to the painting, you don't see anything. It's just globs of paint, little dots of paint. You stand back 30 feet, it's a masterpiece. Now a masterpiece is made up of little globs of paint, little dots. But to appreciate the masterpiece, you have to be able to see the whole picture. You have to step back. So Moshe tells us to always step back and look at the whole picture. You look at where we've been and what has happened to us. See how every word has been fulfilled. And you can renew yourself through that. Because then it makes the choices easier and not more difficult. (coughs) But if one is only looking for the points of paint, then it's pretty confusing. It's chaotic. So that's what the Parsha, the Chumash Vayikra ends with. That choice. To give us an overview. There will be a second repetition of this in the end of Chumash Dvarim. Much longer, much more detailed, and much more horrific. Again, because it has consequences. And the Torah wanted us to appreciate all of that. And therefore, that's why we hear it read, and we study it, and it remains the basis of our behavior patterns throughout history and throughout our lives. So everyone should have a very good Shabbos and be well. And we'll hear good news. Call to Salah. Thank you.